It is a strange experience. It's like an interview and yeah, as I said, your neighbours are the ones who are deciding. And welcome to this week's episode of my podcast. And today we're joined by a good friend of mine, uh, Cahal Hahi. Uh, and today we're talking really about the electoral register. There is the votes that come in in each box. Uh, and I probably won't forget the number. The first time I was elected, 1,144. Uh, but what we sometimes forget are all the votes that aren't in the box. Um, and I think in that first election, when I was elected, there was 36,000 people on the register, but only 17,000 uh, voters. And that's a big issue in Ireland because how we measure that, uh, what that means, and why people don't vote uh, is really crucial. You probably would have seen it emerge in the Brexit debate in the way that Trump was elected. Uh, so understanding it and measuring it is as, as important as addressing the reason why people don't vote. So I'm very pleased to welcome uh, Cahill to the, this week's episode. How are you, Cahill? How are things? How are you doing, Paul? Thanks a million for having me on. You have just signed, sealed and delivered the end of your Masters in Public Policy. Yeah, yeah. So um, I did that in DCU for one year. And as part of that, I had to do a thesis or dissertation. They actually call it PAE, a uh, policy analysis exercise. So it's a bit more practical and a bit less um, kind of um, analytical or theory based as a normal thesis but you know in in that way i was i was uh you know getting down to um kind of the crux of the issue with the electoral register um you know and it, it was, well actually it's, it's, it's funny you say that actually because uh, i think like many people i chickened out on the thesis dissertation option <laughs> and, I, I, and i went for the seven projects or the six projects yeah. uh with, with presentations and for some people that frightened the life out of them. But actually, I have to say, reading the document, uh, I was really surprised how accessible it was. And maybe that's because obviously you understand the topic. Um, but you really have broken it down into in, into different into different areas. So, like, I suppose, first of all, what made you pick this topic? Like, obviously, it was something you're aware of. Yeah, so I suppose, um, you know, as, uh, as someone who ran in the local elections in 2019, I, I think anyone who listens to this who's ran for election or who's been involved in a campaign will know is the electoral register is very important you know you can uh, to see how many people live in a certain area um, and I found through that um, I just there were so many inaccuracies uh, I heard of people who were taken off the register people who were on the register twice I know for the general electoral the general election last February I live in a house that has been rented and about 10 polling cards came people i'd never heard of so you know the possibility of fraud is actually a really big problem and it's kind of a scandal waiting to happen so i just kind of looked at it and i was like this is you know uh, such an such an important thing and it's not given the respect that it deserves it's been allowed to become really inaccurate and it it, it needs to be cleaned up a lot well, there's many people that say that we, at local government level, we have essentially inherited a Victorian model of local government uh, with the way councillors are elected and so on. Uh, in many ways, our uh, electoral register dates from the foundation of the state, and we haven't actually substantially changed how that's done. So for anybody that doesn't know how the register is put together, can you sort of give us a, a, a 60-second synopsis? The problem is we, have, we don't have one electoral register 
in Ireland because each local authority makes their own register. And, you know, it's kind of a case of the left hand doesn't know what the right hand's doing. Um, you know, we so we have a, um, a new register that comes into force every year. Um, the cutoff date is November 25th. And if you're not registered by then, you aren't on the new register next year unless you apply for the supplementary register. Even which- if you turn 18 the following week. You, yep. you can't pre you can't pre-register as such. No, no, which which again is another problem. And that was a huge problem this year for the first time because as we know, um the the new register comes into force on February the fifteenth. This year the general election was on February the eighth. So anyone that had registered to vote uh how had registered to vote after the May twenty nineteen local elections weren't actually on the electoral register for the general election which left thousands of people in a situation where they had to either register twice or be left off the register this is such an absurd situation which is allowed to happen because of the way we compile our so lots of lots of people registered in time for the november deadline registers were prepared and effectively ready to go yeah and then we had people who had to effectively re-register uh, because the the election fell in advance of the uh, the operation date for the new register. Yeah, and I know this was something that was raised. I think Sean Fleming was the chair of the Public uh, Accounts Committee at the time. He asked the Taoiseach uh, at the time, Leo Varadkar, to change the legislation, but it never happened. So it left thousands of people in a situation where they had to either register again or they couldn't vote in the February election, which I just thought was so was so insane. And I suppose you might be saying, well, why is that important? But I suppose, like me, you, you probably have had that experience where someone rings you and they say, we went to the polling booth and our name wasn't there. And it really it really impacts people who've, got, who've gone to the effort of actually going down to, to, to register. Yes. I mean, um, as I say at the start of my thesis, the phrase one man, one vote is one of the most powerful, um, powerful phrases in politics. But... Our register, you know, there are some people who are on the who are on the register five times. Then there's people who should be on the register who are taken off, as well. Our register does not accurately represent young people, migrants, you know, people who are poorly literate, homeless people, um, because the way the register is set up, you have to print off the RFA form, you have to bring it down to the guard station, you have to get it stamped, and then you have to send it to your local, the franchise section of your local authority. It's such a long and drawn out, complicated process. And I think COVID-19 has shown us there is new ways that we can do things. You know, the option to register online should be in place. Yeah, and I think what's really interesting is when you talk about those communities that aren't represented in politics also not being easily accessible on the register. So are you somebody that believes that we should vote in more places that, you know, people can go to a supermarket to vote or that they could go on on their line to computer? Or do you think the physical voting in the in the voting booth is still important? I actually there's been studies done on whether, you know, having extended polling hours from five in the morning till midnight, you know, uh, more polling stations in fairness to Ireland. You rarely have to queue up to vote. I know in America, I mean, that's a whole different kettle of fish like they have to queue for hours and uh, you know with the election coming up in november something else each each state over there can have their own rules and we know about voter suppression and stuff like that so in fairness ireland that isn't a problem what this what the research would show is 
making it easier to register to vote is what will increase turnout in the sense that if it's easier to register, people are going to vote. Um, someone who wants to vote on the day is going to vote, but the problem is to get them registered. And the way the system is now is it's so complicated, it's so long, it's drawn out, you have to go to the guard station, it's all paper. It's such a waste of time and energy and it's... And my, my understanding, Colin, is and now in the franchise section of Dublin City Council, uh, I haven't been there for 10 years, it's effectively like deleting one entry and adding another. It's that unsophisticated. It's like a, a big long list that they literally delete one entry and add another. It's not... It could be... It is often on an access system. It is. And let's say... Um, I know uh, Donald McLachlan Byrne, he was the president of the Trinity Students' Union during the marriage equality referendum. So he registered thousands and thousands of people uh, in Trinity who were from all over Ireland. So he dealt with every single franchise section of the local authorities. And he said, you know, the differences in practices across it was so was so mad. And there was... I think it's it's easy to, to bash the local authorities and say that they they can't that they don't maintain the register to a high standard, which they don't. But in fairness, they are understaffed. They have so many other things that they have to do that the register is not up there in their priority, and that's why you know the register is so inaccurate. If you take the example, of, let's say someone who lives in Donegal and they then move to Dublin, so they register in Dublin. They're expected to contact the local authority in Donegal. Let's say they don't do this, and Dublin City Council also don't do this. This person is now registered twice. That means our turnout figures are totally inaccurate because there's way more people on the register than actually exist in the sense that if someone is registered more than once, it also leaves open the opportunity for fraud because, you know, uh, as as I said to you earlier, the amount of um, the amount of polling cards that came in to my house, I could have voted a few times. I know they're meant to ask for your ID at the polling station, but if they don't do that, the the whole system is open to fraud, and that's and that's a serious threat. Okay, well, you've touched on a good few things there, so let me sort of separate it out. Uh, you're right, there, there is lots of ways that people could uh, vote multiple times. Obviously, they would be breaking the law if they were to do that. Um, but, but is there widespread evidence that that is taking place or do we just not know? Um, I would say the answer to that is we don't know, but uh, it's a real possibility because, you know, a study by the uh, Oireachtas uh, Library and Research Service has suggested that some consistencies are bloated in the sense that the voting, if, if you compare, they they compared the census figures to the register figures and it found that, you know, in some places there was 110% bloating of the electoral register in a sense that there was deceased people, people who lived abroad or people who, as I said, have been on the register four or five times. So the turnout figures from those areas are totally incorrect. Then also in more urban areas, the register actually uh, under guesses the voting age population so that's why you know um often you can get elected in maybe a dublin city constituency with a lot less votes you know dublin central often has tds who get elected with a very low number of votes because in the census maybe let's say a um a, a multinational person who's living in ireland they take they they are included in the register 
but often they don't register to vote, as I said, because the process is so complicated. So they are included in the census figures for Dublin Central constituency, but they're not included in the register. So they're so it's it's like the left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing in Ireland. And obviously the voter.ie system, which the four local authorities that you mentioned uh, brought in um, uh, uh, in Dublin, does allow you to register online using your mygov.ie ID. Many people believe that that was the sort of uh, precursor to a wider voter registration online system. Is that working or are there still too many barriers? That has definitely helped. Um, and I don't see why that can't be rolled out across the uh, across the country. That was brought in as a pilot scheme before the local elections in May of 2019. Yeah. Um, but like we're still so behind. Um, I'm sure you're aware of check the register dot People often get very distressed because they think they're not registered. They go on to check the register dot If you happen to have a father or a hyphen in your name, unless you input your name exactly how it's spelt the way the local authority inputted it, you won't show up there. So I would tell anyone who doesn't know if they are registered to vote, contact the franchise section of their local authority and, and ask because check the register dot is simply not fit for purpose. There's also the factor of people perhaps living in an area for, you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years, but they're still registered in their parents' house. Uh, like, obviously, that undermines the whole idea of local democracy, particularly at a local election level. So, look, there is lots of problems, but uh, you can't just be turning up, Carl, tell us what all the problems are. You have to be telling us what the solutions are, too. And you, you, do, you do talk about what everyone else talks about is the idea of an electoral commission. Yeah, so... The I I think, and in fairness, this has been called for by multiple Oireachtas committees. It's included in most political party manifestos for the last 20 years, called for by academics, the establishment of an electoral commission. So in many countries, uh, the electoral commission looks after the electoral register. They actually conduct the elections. They administer rules of elections, including financing and the funding of political parties. They draw the electoral boundaries and they have a role. I think this is very important in kind of educating the public and promoting voter turnout. In Ireland, our electoral register is managed by local authorities. Uh, Our elections are carried out by the Department of Housing, Planning and Local Government and by returning officers in every constituency. SIPO administers the rules, the Boundary Commission... you see what I mean? There's, there's, there's so many yeah. different bodies. When this, this could all come under a one centralized system. So, as I said earlier, you're moving from Donegal to Waterford to Dublin. You go on the electoral commission, and they have the one electoral, the one electoral register for Ireland. Instead of this, you know, having thirty different separate registers, it's so, it's so time consuming, and there's no uh, coordination. But I hope to see an electoral commission set up. Um, I think what we have to do is we have to replace household registration with individual registration in the sense that, you know, 100 years ago, the population lived in a house. They lived there probably all their life and they probably died there. Nowadays, we live in an urban mobile constituency or um, mobile country. You know, people move. If you're in college, you might have a new address every year. Um, And the fact that the registration process is so long, I just said that there's people who've been living in Dublin for 10 years who go home every time there's an election to vote. It's this it's it's not a system that we can uh, we should accept.
Yeah, or or continue to stand over. He, 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 I suppose I detect a note of scepticism, Carl, in the sense that you said it's in the program for government. Uh, the question is, will it be delivered? Well, on? Uh, the problem is, it's been in the last two program for governments, uh, and nothing has ever happened. I know at the very very uh, end of the th- the thirty second doll, the minister for housing was Owen Murphy, and he 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 did make a commitment to set up an electoral commission. Obviously, he. This was said, you know, right at the end of the doll, um, and there wasn't time to, uh, to actually bring it to fruition. So there is a kind of sense of uh, skepticism among people who who have called for this because it's kind of been on the agenda for twenty years, and there there just hasn't been that kind of push to get it over the line, and it. Yeah, I was interested to hear Miel Martin actually mention it in uh, in leaders' questions. Actually, it was in, in the exchange, and as you say, it's something often politicians pay lip service to, but that isn't part of the cut and trust of everyday politics. So I hope that that indicates that there will be some uh, some priority given to it. Because I think the point that you make is actually that it's not just about the registration process; it's a much wider process of. Uh, education and and information. And it was interesting that the Constitution Convention made a number of the same recommendations uh, when they were discussing whether we should retain PRS TV or, or, or not. So definitely an, a permanent electoral commission could take into account, for example, uh, regulation and reduction of uh, election posters, which are dealt with very, um, very sort of uh, abstractly because it's just under litter law, litter licensing laws, uh, and local authorities often aren't, don't feel empowered or able to bring in regulations where ma- even when councillors want to. Yeah, I mean, that that's a very good point, Paul. I, I, I feel like it's a situation where we've just kind of looked at it for the last few decades and said, Asher, it's grand, but that's it's it's not good enough. You know, like to register to vote, there should be strict identifiers. I've also made a recommendation that the PPS number should be incorporated into the registration system. This would now. It was interesting you said that actually, because my fear would be that that would actually be a barrier to entry. Um. Okay, that's something I hadn't considered. Um. My my thought process behind it was it would eliminate the issue of duplications. Um. And mm-hmm. um. Well, uh, there there is issues around the PPS number in the sense that uh GDPR would would have to all be compliant and what everyone who's already registered have to give theirs. And these things do have to be overcome, but I think we have to put the importance of an accurate register above kind of, you know, the individual's right to, you know, let's say they don't want their, their information being shared. That's fine. But I, I think, yeah. And of course, the alternative, the alternative would be that we would give people a photo registration number and that would be a, a duplication. But I think you're right. It has to be around... And this, this comes back to IT systems often, but it has to be around the idea of a unique identifier for each record that can be transferred from one uh, electoral area to another if that area moves or can be um, can be deleted and, and re-registered elsewhere because we shouldn't be losing people off the list. You know, we, we should be trying to keep people Yeah, off I mean, like... You can only imagine if you are going down to vote in uh, election and you're told sorry. And there's there's nothing that the person at the desk can do. There's nothing that you can do. It's by that stage, it's too late. The register has already been printed, and you have been taken off. And it's so easy that 
it can happen. Let's say if the RFA form is filled out in your house and someone actually leaves you off, when the council receives that, they'll say, oh, John must not live there anymore. They will send a letter out to the house and say, John, do you live here still? If you don't re reply to that, you'll be taken off the register. So it can happen through mistake, clerical error. Technically, it could happen through malpractice. Let's say you live in a house that's rented. You're aware someone votes a different way than you. You could get them deregistered by filling out the form wrong. So it's 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 a really mad system that, as I said, it it's it's open to fraud. And I've dealt with many cases like that, actually, where um, the, the, the mother or father might have filled in the new, the, the young people on, on, in the house that might just have turned 18 and left out the existing people who live in the house. And therefore, at the next election, they realise the only people entitled to vote are those two people. Uh, and equally, I've seen the case where there's a clerical error where there might be two people in the house with the same name, uh, John Senior and John Junior. And the wrong one is taken off, and they, and and ultimately both of them can't. Can, yeah, can't and vote. and like this, this will be solved tomorrow if if there was a PPS number along with other unique identifiers that could ascertain, you know, who is John Senior, who's John Junior. But it's yeah. it's it's wrong that we've allowed it to get to this situation where these things can happen. It, it can be a very dry subject, but as I said at the beginning. It really does touch on that whole idea of voter apathy and non-voting and where it's easy not to vote or where, where you can't register. Uh, it's easier for people to say, oh, I just couldn't get on, on, on the list. Talk to me a little bit about voter apathy at the moment. You know, I think there is a lot of younger people who feel that no matter what way they vote, uh, they're getting the same results. I think there's a lot of older people thinking, thinking the same. Uh, is that something you came across in your, yeah, in your own election I think campaign? So. I think, you know, when when I told my mates to register to vote, there was a kind of sense, of, oh, grand, uh, what's the name of the website? And I said, oh, no, sorry, you have to print off the form, bring it to the guard station, send it off. They said, are you serious? Like, I'm not doing that. You know, and then, yeah. so it's kind of, if you're not that into politics, you might just not bother to register. And that's, it's not a situation where we can be, and as I said, if you're not literate, if you're new to the country, you're foreign, you know, it's... Um, or, or if you don't have a good relationship with your Garda station, if you've been in the Garda station for other reasons, that, uh, it, it, it's not going to be a very welcoming place to go in and and, uh, and register. I'm sure community police might disagree with that, but, you know, even the idea of walking in there for no reason uh, other than to vote. Yeah, I, I'm not sure what the logic is behind it, but I'm sure there's people who might have a past record who feel uh, they're not comfortable actually to register to vote. So we, for the doll to be reflective of Ireland, the electoral register has to be reflective of Ireland. But unfortunately, it's not because, as I said, it under-represents younger people, uh, migrants, people who are maybe less educated. Uh, and as you said, someone who might have a past criminal record, there's... A whole host of groups who may feel they can't, they don't know how, or they just won't register. I said at the beginning that this isn't a, an academic exercise for you. you. You put your own name forward, Carl, in the in the local elections. Um, I suppose let me ask you the, the hard question first. You yep. didn't win. Uh, how did that feel? It was it was hard to take. Um, it was hard to take, yeah. So I, I ran in the Clontarf local electoral area. Uh, which stretches from uh, you know the uh, the bay in Clontarf out to um, the Bowmount Road, you know Donny Carney Bowmount. So it's it's a big it's a 
huge area. I saw myself, there was a lot of people on the register on the day of the vote, not all of them vote. So it was, you know, I could see my the problems with the register itself. But in terms of the actual campaign, I did actually really enjoy it. I was only 22 at the time. I'm only 23 now. Um, I've stayed involved, you know, with uh, a lot of local community groups. That's obviously, a lot of that's been put on pause because of COVID, you know, no one's able to canvas or anything. But um, I've... I've but it, it's a, it's a very it's a very human experience. I, look, I've lost elections myself, uh, and I remember describing it once to somebody in that you know you feel like you've gone for an interview, and everyone that you live with in your area is on the interview panel. So you, you do feel judged, and, and that, that's it is a strange one. You know, like I'm living now in Dunny Kearney. I and then you're knocking on doors. You're 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 putting yourself out there. So it's a it is a strange experience. It's like an interview, and yeah, as I said, your neighbours are the ones who are deciding. Um, I I came quite close. I just lost out on transfers in the end, but listen, I'd hope to put yeah. myself forward again in in uh, in four years' time. Well, that's what always makes me think that this is not a rational exercise because <laughs> having described that sort of uh, hurt, you're throwing yourself straight back in. Uh, was that something you even thought about? Or did you learn so much in the process that you realised, actually, I could do this I think, better? I think I did learn of how I can run the actual campaign better. But I think, you know, um, with COVID, like, there's, there's, there's so many problems in this society. And I feel like it's getting very polarised. I've seen that in the UK, in, uh, in America. I hope it doesn't creep into Ireland, this kind of a fight between the haves and the have-nots. And I think, uh, I'm obviously biased, but I think Fianna Fáil as a kind of centrist party, we do have a lot to offer. And I think young people need to run for politics for any party or none. Um, so I I do feel confident for the future, but it's, you know, there's it's going to be a tough few years now with COVID. Yeah. Well, look, I think more people, more young people becoming involved in politics, whether they're running, whether they're involved, whether they're just involved in their local community, like, like Maypark for yourself or, or for, for any, any group, being civically active is really important. Uh, do you mind me asking, was there increased expectation because of your um, surname? I involved? would say it was definitely, I'd say people thought, uh, you know, that Cahill Hockey fella is safe. You know, he's obviously Charlie's grandson and Sean Hockey's nephew. Um, you know, on some doors, I, I got a negative reaction, you know, I can't repeat what they'd said, but, you know, be, I, I, I would never vote for a hockey or a Fianna Fowler. On some doors, it was, you know, yeah. I was, I was a huge fan of your grandfather. He did a lot for the area. So that's something I, I have to take in my stride. Now, I would prefer someone to meet me and to judge me on my merits alone. But to be honest, it, so perhaps some of the candidates that we would have known in that, that election from all parties, new, new first-time candidates, they were coming talking about their their ideas, you know, they were introducing themselves. Maybe that's something, like we always think that people from uh, a family involved in politics have an advantage, but, you know, I suppose you're, you're describing a process there where, where you're not getting to, to get yeah, past that Yeah, that sometimes. was true. It, 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 it definitely, I I suppose I was, I've, I've had the experience of growing up uh, and that's definitely been helped me being in you know the family and with the surname but it it has definitely closed off doors in the sense that you know uh my family's been involved in politics people are going to have their uh, have their uh, opinion on that i know 
Charlie Hall. He's kind of a Marmite figure. A lot of people love him or hate him. So that's something I've delivered. I don't I don't mind it though. Um, you know, it's if if people want to dislike me because of my granddad or my surname, that's their problem. I can't change their mind. I would just hope that as many people could meet me and to judge me on my ideas and have a have have an open mind towards what I'd like to do for this area, you know. Yeah, well, I tell you, Carl, you have plenty of ideas in your uh, dissertation that we discussed uh, today. Um, thanks so much for joining us. Um, perhaps uh, when you do get elected to Dublin City Council, uh, you might come back and talk to us again. Uh, the local elections, I think, are uh, three and a half years away. But if I have any uh, parting experience, it's to say that the work always starts uh, tomorrow. And uh, I'm sure you're already, thanks, already thanks, doing Paul. that. And thanks to all of you for tuning in uh, for what was another episode of our podcast. If you have ideas about topics you want us to cover, drop me an email and we'll see you all again soon.